This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen, Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies. Especially when they start really moving. With Huggies Little Movers, you get their best-fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit. That's right. So no matter what kind of mover you've got, they'll feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. When I'm on my way to drop off the kids at school and I'm on about five hours of sleep and I haven't had my coffee yet, I'm truly one of a kind. Yeah, this sounds like the beginning of a horror movie. It is. But there is one thing I can do immediately to bring some comfort and calm to the situation and keep me moving forward. Eat Keebler Sandies. I like to think that if the good-looking guy was still around, sitting on the couch, comforting himself about not getting into college, he'd ditch the Cocoa Puffs and down some Keebler Sandies instead. Mixed with chocolate syrup? Ooh, why not? When you need a comforting moment for yourself, Keebler Sandies is the perfect treat to keep you going. Each Keebler Sandy shortbread cookie is baked to perfection by the Keebler Elves for a light sweetness and a texture that melts in your mouth. The next time you feel like you're juggling it all, reach for Keebler Sandy shortbread cookies to enjoy a simple moment of comfort. When it comes to Pod Meets World, we're synonymous with two things. Watching our younger selves on a TV show from 30 years ago and loving Hyundai. The first ever fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. With up to 303 mile range, available two-way charging, and other category-defining features, the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5 is one of the most teched-out electric vehicles ever. And as you know, we are tech heads. The standard ultra-fast charging capability gives you an 80% charge in just 18 minutes when using a 250-plus kilowatt DC fast charger. And with the available two-way charging, you can charge larger electronic equipment inside and outside the car, backyard or side yard. Hyundai, it's your journey. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 2024 Ionic 5 rear-wheel drive has an EPA-estimated driving range of up to 303 miles. Actual range will vary with options, driving conditions and habits, vehicle and batteries condition, and other factors. Available in limited quantities and select states only. Hey, it's Danielle Fischel. Ryder Strong. And Will Friedle. But you know us best as Topanga. Sean. And Eric from Boy Meets World. And now, Pod Meets World, the podcast where we've been sitting down weekly to rewatch the show we starred in as kids, and we've been unpacking, well, a lot. And we've been taking the show on the road with the Kids Wanna Jump Tour, where every stop in cities across the U.S. has been totally different and pretty hilarious, if I do say so myself. But we know not everyone can join us, so we're happy to announce that our recent 30th anniversary of the show, live from the Met in Philadelphia, will now be available to stream no matter where you live. Our biggest show yet in the hometown of the Matthews, featuring appearances by Trina, Angela McGee, Matthew Lawrence, a.k.a. Jack Hunter, Tony, Mr. Turner Quinn, and Danny Harley McNulty, who makes a very special surprise visit. It was so much fun, and now you can experience it from the comfort of your own home. It will be available on December 11th at 5 p.m. Pacific. You can learn more about how you can watch at veeps.events slash podmeetsworld. December 11th, your birthday. That's birthday true. Boy. Get all the info on streaming the live Pod Meets World show so you don't miss out. Go to veeps, V-E-E-P-S dot events slash Pod Meets World now.
today and yesterday was picture day at preschool. Nice. And yesterday, it would have only been one day if you don't have two kids at the school. But if you have two kids at the school and you want them to take sibling pictures, they do it on one day and then they do individual pictures the next day. So yesterday was sibling picture day and (laughs) we couldn't convince Keaton to take off his whole costume. Yes. Oh, I'm so <laughs> and we happy were just to hear like, that. Okay, like, that's fine. I, You know, the school called and they were like, hey, uh, he really wants to wear the costume. And I said, I sent him in it. I knew he wouldn't let us take him out of it before he left. I figured it was not going to be an easy thing to do. So I just put Adler in a Marvel sweatshirt that has superheroes all over it. And their little sibling picture is going to be Hulk and his older brother. (laughs) And it reminded me of picture day at school. Do you guys remember picture day? And do you have your school pictures where you go through that phase where your fake smile is just awful and you are so weird looking like do you guys remember that because i remember it very well yeah uh oh my gosh just, will's going oh, to will's get us something get of course great i just remember looking back i clearly did not have like in a great way i didn't have any self-consciousness right so like every picture was me just like <laughs> just the goofiest <laughs> happiest little kid dweeb. <laughs> little dweeb like and, and that lasted all the way up until like fourth grade like Aww. i was just always like hey i'm just smiling you know if they're sitting there with a the puppet or whatever i just yeah. go with it um so yeah but then i you know by fifth by fourth grade i was out of my fifth grade i was out of public school so i stopped right. taking pictures after that um so yeah. cute i i remember like having the pictures where you don't know how to do a real fake smile so you're just mm-hmm. like Oh, here's Will. Where? Oh my gosh! <gasps> yes, here's look you at little the William Friedle with your look mullet. at that mullet. I got my mullet right there. That's eighth grade, so that's oh 1990. Um, what right little there. cardigan are you wearing? It was one of my awesome cardigans. One of my many amazing cardigans. And then we talk about how I did not like high school. Mm-hmm. So I literally, when pictures came up. I think I took like an old headshot and said, and you know, everybody writes all the stuff underneath, like this is the best time of my life. And oh my God, I did all this stuff. And they've got just lists of all the stuff that they loved and the things that they were doing. And I uh, put an old headshot and wrote nothing. Wow. So you just look at you. I was like serious angry. And there you go. Let me out of here. Long paragraph next to you. (laughs) This has been the most formative years of my life. I nothing. Dear diary. Not a word. Nothing. Nothing. And so, so to show you, um, so that was Megan Friedman, who I went to, to school with, obviously we were always next to each other every year in pictures. And I, uh, still sleep in a t-shirt that I was given at her bat mitzvah. No way. That oh still God. says like Megan's bat mitzvah, 1980, whatever. I still have it, of course. And I still sleep in my t-shirt. So there are my, some of the pictures that How I have. How does a t-shirt even last that long? 
Oh, Are dude, I've got T-shirts. Are you kidding? I've got T-shirts from literally when I was eight, nine, ten years old. I still have. I can't. My favorite is my friend Rachel has. She broke her nose right before picture day. Oh my god! <laughs> so she no. just has two black eyes, and she's still smiling. <laughs> but she's got like, like this uh, giant. It's the <laughs> cutest thing. She posted like every year. She posted on Instagram. It's one of the funniest things in the world. Did it, now, like, yep, not just was school me. picture days, but did y'all ever do like the family picture I'm time? I'm so at glad Olin you're asking. Mills? Oh yes. yeah, yes. Olin Mills. <laughs> Yes. Well, you've seen my just legendary photo with all the hair that was the Olin oh, Mills yeah. picture. The one where I have just massive it's amounts. Brilliant. Of, it's yeah. Where my you mom look like and a I, little John Bonet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sort of, well, yeah. And my mom and I did the photo shoot together and so weird. It was like a photo for my dad. And so my mom's like wearing an off the shoulder thing. And also me at nine is wearing an off the shoulder thing with like, it's just weird. Glamorous. Like just glamorous, so, little, glamorous little sunshine. Yeah. Like he yeah. was going to put that. And he did. He had it on his desk at work. Yes. Like, look at my glamorous at family. My oh my gosh. I always want to know why so everybody, weird. every photo that I have with my family until like we're adults, we're all glancing off. Everybody's yeah. looking off to the side. Well, the Look. best is when there's another version of your head, like <laughs> yes. above you. Like yeah. that's, that's, that's the, the mall photos. Yes, the glamour shot. For the next I, Pod Meets World photo shoot, can we, we please do, do an Olin Mills yeah. photo shoot yes. somewhere? Well, I used to, I used to love going doing like the old timey photos where they let you dress yes. up. Those like, two aren't those the yes. best? So that's great. like when yes. I started. That's like eleven, twelve. Every time I went to like a Ren fair yes. or oh, yeah. any sort of state All fair, those and you get to dress in the old timey. Those were fun though. We loved. I know I do love those photo shoots my mom also on family vacations she would make a big deal about we're gonna get a family photo here we're gonna get a family photo here but it would be like almost every night we'd try to take family pictures and I would always complain about it and she would say to me my whole life she said to me you're gonna appreciate these someday and here I am 30 years later opening up my you know my books going I'm so happy I have this entire photo shoot with random 90s hot guy and I mean it like I am I'm yeah. I'm grateful that I have them um and oh, I just so, remembered I have an eighth grade dance photo of me and Maureen and I'm wearing my fedora that I used to always wear and yes, Birkenstocks fedora. with socks and I think I'm wearing oh tails, like a God. like a tuxedo tails. Would you let us? It's post on Facebook. Please? It's on Facebook. I think she posted or somebody Send from it to like Pod Meets World. We're right. need if that. I don't know, I'm not on Facebook. But if someone's on Facebook and you search I for am. me, I think it comes up. So let's find it. I will post it. Yeah. Ooh. Can we please? Because that's that's wonderful. Oh, I love those photos. Susan grew up in a family of photographers, so their family there. There's pictures everywhere. Where my family, we did like Christmas photos, and that was great. My dad always thought the lens cap was on, even when it wasn't. It was like, no, Dad, you're, you're, it took forever to take the photos. We'd have to wait on the stairs. It was the worst. I have started the tradition of having a family photo shoot. We've done it now for the last couple of years um, around in fall. And we do like a fall family photo shoot. So and then we use that photo as like a Christmas card. But then also it is nice to have like every year to see the record. kids. Yeah, yeah sure. just a record, yeah. like a, you know, nice, nice. We're little, always going to remember they were this tall. Always going to remember, always remember you was this tall. Well, welcome to Pod Meets World. I'm Danielle Fischel. I'm Ryder Strong. And I'm Will Friedle. <laughs> Gazing off into the distance. <laughs> Gazing off. <laughs> I'm also the mom of Hulk. Hulk's yes. mom. Hulk's yes. mom. <laughs> I You're can't Mrs. Wait. Banner. Oh, I <laughs> exactly. love it. I love it. Mrs. Banner. Chicago, we are coming to you on November 30th, and we couldn't be more excited. 
That's right. The Kids Want to Jump Tour will be live from the historic Chicago Theater on November 30th, and we want you to join us. We'll be telling new stories, meeting and greeting listeners, and judging a costume contest where the best outfit in the Windy City gets an actual 90s Boy Meets World shooting script from my personal collection, signed by the three of us. And we will be joined by the great Tony Quinn, a.k.a. Mr. Turner. Oh, man, I hope he does not drive a motorcycle to the show. Too soon, Will. Too soon. So go to podmeetsworldshow.com right now to get tickets to see the Kids Want to Jump Tour at the Chicago Theater on November 30th. We're going to have a ton of fun, and we'd love to see you there. As a podcast focused on reliving memories from our past, I can tell you firsthand, as you get older, your memory just isn't as reliable as it used to be. Yeah, if we didn't have Will here, there would be a lot of dead air. (laughs) That is true, Robert. Well, guys, since I know you need a little help, you're going to love Legacy Box. It's the safest way to digitize your home videos and pictures, even when you think you don't have a way to watch them anymore. Oh, this is perfect, especially with Mother's Day right around the corner. It really is the perfect gift for the whole family, whether it's a sweet 16 or college graduation. First steps or performing a Backstreet Boys dance in between scenes on your childhood network sitcom. This is the way to reconnect with your history. The process is so easy. You just fill your legacy box with old VHS or camcorder tapes, pictures, negatives, film reels. I mean, they even work with over 15 different types of analog media, so they have you covered. Then you just send the box back and their team professionally digitizes everything by hand in the U.S. And you'll get it all back on the cloud or on a thumb drive along with your originals. I recently sent off my first box to Legacy Box and I got into my old storage unit and found about 40 tapes, all different media. And I was able to label each one and send it off. I cannot wait to see what these tapes hold. Jensen and I also recently got some of his home videos digitized and being able to hear his parents' voices again has been a real gift. So join over 1.5 million families that have trusted Legacy Box with their memories. Go to LegacyBox.com slash world to save 60% during their best Mother's Day sale ever. It's time to connect with your past and make sure those memories are preserved properly. That's LegacyBox.com slash world. This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen, Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies. Especially when they start really moving. With Huggies Little Movers, you get their best-fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit. That's right. So no matter what kind of mover you've got, they'll feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. Summer is steadily approaching, and you know what that means. Wearing a shirt at the beach so I don't look like a sad radish for the entire vacation? Okay, maybe. Being thirsty? Yes, Ryder, you got it. It is time to go outside and bask in the glory that is sunshine with barbecues and hikes and trips to exotic locations. With your shirt on? Yes, with your shirt on. It is time to jump into a camper van with your son and your wife and... Torture everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, with all these summer activities, it's so important that you stay hydrated. And we're here to tell you all about Liquid IV. It has three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in a single stick. It's clear why Liquid IV is the number one powdered hydration brand in America. You just rip open a packet and pour it into your water and bam, you're hydrating with electrolytes, essential vitamins, and clinically tested nutrients. But most importantly, it tastes good. It's so easy and perfect after a workout, which I do to replenish after a nice long run. 
and you can travel with Liquid IV right there in your pocket. Add it to a water on a flight or after a big night when you need just a little assistance to get up in the morning. Tear, pour, live more. One stick plus 16 ounces of water hydrates better than water alone. And with sugar-free flavors like white peach, green grape, raspberry melon, and lemon lime, you can't miss. Turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration with Liquid IV. Get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code WORLD at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code WORLD at liquidiv.com. So today we are recapping season three, episode 19, I Was a Teenage Spy. It originally aired April 26th, 1996. The synopsis, a freak microwave accident sends Corey back in time to 1957. As if that weren't enough, Corey ends up mistaken for a Russian spy because of the information he has about future technology. It was directed by David Trainer. It was written by Jeff C. Sherman. What did you guys think? Oof. I'll go first. I, go first. I, because... I knew what it was going in because it's just a romp and it's supposed to be ridiculous. I thought it was fun. I loved it. I thought it was I fun. I absolutely loved it. I, I thought was... it was fun. And you, Danielle, were phenomenal in this. Well, Danielle was sure. phenomenal. Sure, yeah. sure. Mm, but no, right. Let's, you were. We will it talk about dropping I'm a little the in accent. and out with the New York accent. But, just but otherwise, you actually had character and like you were asserting yourself in such yes. a way that, Dan- that Topanga hasn't I in know. so many and of the previous episodes. I have a that you were supposed to lose the accent because he got through to who you really were I... and you dropped oh. the character because Ooh. you are showing him who you really are. I thought that too. Too, in the one scene where I uh, where I go from like kind of being like snappy snappy to then being like hey stop yeah, exactly. I felt like that was intentional but then for the rest of the episode it should have come back because she she does pop back into anyway I thought that part was terrible but I remember doing this episode I remember thinking this was all so fun, fun. and I I thought then while watching it of course there's some things that just like what is happening it is an insane episode but I loved it Ryder. I did not love it, but you know, you could have guessed that. I don't, you know, the insanity was just like the hits kept coming. I kept being like, who is this person? Why is there a Happy right. Days reference? Why is right. Pat Morita here? What is going on? Oh. None of it added up to, I don't know, none of it made sense to me. Um, and I don't understand the organized, like, it would start with one organizing principle of like, it's the 1950s. And isn't it funny that the 1950s, you know, didn't understand things? And then it's like, but that, then it become I don't I don't know why we have wax on wax off jokes. I don't know why Alex is just playing just the bongos. Meta. But it's well, also, it's meta without It's a fantasy. It's like so, Pat Morita specifically mentions it. It's your yeah. fantasy. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, we have the trope of oh, it was all a dream. And yeah. that dreams are like that where you're like, why the f- was Pat Morita in my dream? <laughs> like, yeah. That does happen. Yeah. Yeah, no. I it was it was not like, like I I don't know. There's like something about like it's it's actually making me long for the days of us getting stuck in the subway because there was something there. (laughs) There's like an organizing story principle that made the absurdity okay. Whereas this, I was just like, I don't like this. Just felt so off the wall and referential in all these different directions. And I was like, I actually, you know, if you take any individual thing, like 
the Topanga storyline. Uh, uh, I thought Tony was hysterical. The Shanzi like, you know, is great. Shanzi, I, I like the, the outfit. I like the way I look. I actually kind of fit in that 1950s oh, vibe. Oh, like, I wait till we there. get there, hottie yeah. McCotterson. I should have been, hottie, hottie, been dressed like that all the time. But no, but my <laughs> character doesn't pay off at all. I don't know why we're in the, None of it makes sense to me. So, you know, whatever. But, whatever, you know, obviously it's head. not it's trying to make sense. Yeah. Corey clucks like this. He walks from one scene into another scene clucking. It is. It's a fever dream. It's That's great. all it is. It's, it's a, a fever dream. dream. It's yeah. amazing. I thought it was fun. Oh, I, I absolutely loved it. Okay, so we have guest starring Tom Bosley as Tom Bosley, best known as the iconic TV dad Howard Cunningham on Happy Days, a show that clearly influenced the writers of Boy Meets World. Yeah. Leather jackets and all. And for this episode, we get three cameos to prove it. There's also Anson Williams playing himself. He's the actor who played Potsy on Happy Days, a legend of the small screen as well. And then Pat Morita as Wise Man. Now, which Most was a reshoot. Do you guys remember that? No. no. That was a complete reshoot? reshoot. Yeah. Pat Morita was added. We shot it a whole nother week. Wow. After the episode was that. over. Yeah. The original storyline was just a beat poem se- sequence with um, Alex. And I guess it didn't work or for whatever mm. reason, but that, it was just him playing the bongos and we he was the wise man that we went to talk to. But then they rewrote it and brought in Pat Morita because I guess we didn't have enough Wait, guest stars. Or that's <laughs> so funny you say that. Mm. Right before we got to the wise man scene, I said out loud to Jensen, "Oh, the wise man is a- the wise man is Alex." Mm-hmm. And Jensen looks at and Jensen looks at me and he goes, "No, no, we're about ready to get into a whole new weird insanity thing." Yeah. And then we see Alex as Bongos playing the Bongos, For and I'm like, "Wait, I no, he was he is wise man," and I completely no. forgot that uh, he, he, did, he the was original, in the original had, scene. Yeah, we shot the whole scene with him, and then did reshoots like weeks later with Pat. Do you think it's just because I because it. I'll guarantee you it wasn't that Alex was bad. You think it was just oh, that no. Pat Morita signed that they, on? And yeah, so they, I don't think it was Alex Marita. being bad, but maybe the scene was bad. Like, I, I remember it was obviously like something was wrong with it. They were like, oh, let's, let's, we need to save this episode with more crazy. <laughs> right, with Pat Morita. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Wow. So most of the world knows Pat Morita as the unforgettable Mr. Miyagi in the Karate Kid movies, but he also played Mitsumo Arnold Takahashi uh, for 26 episodes in season three of Happy Days. So there is a trifecta of Happy Days. Yeah, he ran the. Yeah, he ran the. That does make more sense. The diner. So yeah, it's like yeah. a big Happy Days reference, yeah. like the it was entire a Happy Days the entire yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah, it was. Oh, okay. That does make a lot more sense then. Anything else you guys remember about the guest stars, Tom Bosley or Anson Williams? Anything? I remember, I think I would sat there and talk to, especially Anson Williams, about Happy Days, but I right. don't remember enough of it to like remember stories or anything. I love the meta stuff that they're putting in where he doesn't have like, he has no last name or no yeah. house or, yeah, because that's what Potsy and Ralph Potsy was. Were. Well, yeah, they, and also a little bit like Sean. Yeah. Seems like True. Potsy could have been a little bit of a inspiration for no the Sean character. Are. I have no no never seen Happy Days. You've well, never like seen Happy episode. Days. Well, there's, there's also a big correlation between Sean and Fonzie for a number of reasons. Also, like, Fonzie was supposed to be a one-off character. He wasn't supposed to take over the show. He was originally called Masherelli. I mean, it's like they changed his name. They gave him a bigger part. He became a, it's kind of the, the same version of Sean, yeah. the same journey as Sean. So there's a lot of correlation between our shows. 
Also, guest starring Christopher Darga as the counterman. He's a recognizable character actor from movies like The Hudsucker Proxy, Bruce Almighty, and Dude, Where's My Car? I also recently had the opportunity to direct him on a Disney Channel show called Pretty Freakin' Scary. Small world. working with him back in the day? Yeah, no, of course not. Absolutely not. No. (laughs) No. He probably didn't even remember that he he was on Boy Meets World. (laughs) He may have. I'm thinking now, like, it's entirely possible. He was like, yeah, I was on Boy Meets World. And I was like, yeah, cool. Um, Because I I never remember anything. But now when I see him again, I'm going to be like, hey, that's so crazy. Um, And then Don Sparks as deputy. He has a ton of credits as well, but I will focus on one as he is in one of my favorite movies. P.S. I love you. Nice. So to start our recap, we are in Chubby's. Mr. Williams and Mr. Turner walk up to Corey and say he's just the man they wanted to see. Turner asks, how would you like to help a couple teachers hand out flyers? Corey tells him he wouldn't, and they respond by handing him the flyers and saying thanks a lot as they bounce out of Chubby's. Corey tells Sean and Topanga, who are eating nearby, that this year's spring dance is a 50s sock hop. <laughs> like anyone would want to go to this. He looks at Topanga and quickly asks her, do you want to go to this? Topanga, who has her hair, her bangs, combed back. Did you guys realize that? No. It's the first I time I don't have. Yeah. yeah. I don't have my little bangs and they're like combed back into my hair. So at this because point, we may have been. Because you have to put on a wig, right? Because well, you're going to be wearing a wig on, for the rest of the episode. So. Right. But it is not like my hair is flat to my head like it was in preparation for a wig. But I do wonder if they wanted to separate because the wig I wear has little bangs. And mm. so I wonder if they wanted to oh, make it, if they wanted to give it a, like a little differentiation yeah. where I yeah. looked Enough a little different. Enough of a visual difference to where, yeah. yeah. But it's yeah. not it's not my favorite hair look for me. I was like, ooh, that's a little threw me off. I'm sorry, um, is Corey back on wanting to date Topanga then? Because it seemed like they yeah. were both fine oh. with not. And now all of a sudden it seems like they were setting it up to where he's been asking her out and why yeah. I know. Like, I don't get it. Well she even throws it back at him in this scene. She yeah. says, like, you broke up with you me. You broke yeah. up with me. I didn't get any of that. Yeah. And he says, just because we're not going out anymore, you don't want to go out anymore. What's that about? And then she says, Well, you're the one who made the decision to just be friends. I don't think we should complicate that. Well, how very mature. Yeah. Corey urges her, it's a dance in socks. What's complicated about that? Topanga correctly responds that Corey is the one who broke up with her. Don't you understand that? And Corey zings back, of course I know exactly where we stand. And if you're not careful, I'll break up with you again. And his signature, anger. Yeah. It's also my sweater and favorite sweater in a different color. Oh. This is a different brown-green version. And I don't know why I didn't have this one. Right. You should have had the, this was like a dupe. You should have had it. Yeah. So Topanga tells him, you've got to stop living in the past. And she walks away. Sean tells Corey, she's right. And Corey doubles down while looking at his soda. No, she's not, Sean. Are you going to finish that? And Sean tells him, it's yours, buddy. Corey takes the drink and says, of course it is, because you're my friend and I'm your friend. That's the way it will always be. And there's nothing complicated about that. Corey keeps staring at Sean's fries. So he adds, you want my fries? Corey takes them and says, only if you're not going to finish them. So in case anybody who was watching the show wasn't didn't remember, Corey and Sean are very good friends. Yes. <laughs> and in case we don't know that. That's all Corey and Topanga are a romantic on-off partners. On-off, yes. It also looked like you up. guys both broke or were really close to breaking as you were as Danielle was leaving the scene. Uh-huh. Yeah. I agree. Uh, Ryder was smiling yep. as I was walking off, and I think I was breaking a little bit right as I was leaving. So there was some sort of joke that was either between Ryder and me or that something was going on, but we both kind of broke into, yep. into that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and there's another spot where I'm break- breaking over Ryder's shoulder that I'll that I'll bring up later too. And then we're in the Matthews kitchen. Eric can't get the microwave to work, and Amy explains, "Oh, I unplugged it. It's been making this weird sound." Alan asks, "What kind of weird sound?" And on cue, Eric plugs it back in, and the power in the entire house goes on and off, and we hear Corey screaming upstairs. A frantic Corey runs into the kitchen explaining his computer crashed. Eric passes the microwave cord to Morgan and tells her to hold it. She dryly says, it was me. I did it. That was a very (laughs) funny. very funny. Yep. Very well done. She was good. Corey says, my term paper on the space race is gone. Now I got to come up with 10 pages on Sputnik and I've got nothing. Alan tries to help. Um, Sputnik was the first satellite launched by the Russians. 1957. People thought it was a bomb. Amy, wearing the exact same outfit from the last episode when Eric dated Brenda Marsh. Oh, really? Wow. I did you not notice that. The same outfit? It is the exact same. The the blue denim shirt tucked into high-waisted red pants. Hmm. And her little okay. sleeves are rolled up. It was, and I, I noticed it in the last episode because I thought that is a cute outfit. And when we were talking about what does she do, I was like looking at her outfit to see is this gallerist outfit? Is this real? So I like specifically remembered the clothes. She's wearing the full same outfit. Two weeks in a row. Huh. Huh. Interesting. Maybe that is her uniform. Yeah. I I don't. Very odd. I'm not sure what was going on or if if these were aired out of order. And maybe they just thought, we'll throw her in that same outfit. It was really cute when she wore it a few episodes ago, not realizing they were going to air back to back. So Amy says, um, it was a famous day in history. It created panic because everybody thought the Russians were putting up a spy satellite. Corey looks at them puzzled. How do you know? How do you know so much? You're a grocer. Amy says in a Russian accent, we're really Russian spies, right, Boris? And Alan responds, yes, Natasha. Feeney then bolts in saying he heard a scream. That's quite a scream. But Feeney heard it from all the way in his house. And I love that Feeney's going to come help. I know. Save the day to rescue Corey. Yeah. Coming in to save him. Corey His breaks the news, Mr. Feeney. His particularly lovely. I don't know if you guys noticed. Oh, gorgeous. Whatever. Yeah. Well, suit, throughout the rest like, of the oh, episode, it's But this it's one in particular, nice. I was like, oh, a nice dark See, This is a good look for Bill. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so Corey breaks the news. Mr. Feeney, don't expect to get my paper on time. And Feeney responds, I never do. Um, I'm sorry. About this yeah. paper, very, very mm-hmm. quickly. I always say very quickly. Is, I don't remember much of writing papers in high school, but isn't 10 pages excessive? Feels yeah. like it, yeah. For a high school yeah. paper, weren't they two, maybe three pages long if you had to write a paper? You have to write a 10-page paper? I mean, you that would do term like papers a lot. that would get, like, up to 10 pages, I feel like. But that would take, you would have, like, all semester to write it. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, this seemed, it seemed excessive, the 10-page yeah. paper. 10 pages feels, feels like too much, Mr. Feeney. I think yeah. we should talk about it. I agree. Corey continues, computer glitches, girlfriend glitches. You guys had it so easy going to high school way back in the 50s. Alan and Amy both quickly clarify, uh, late 70s. Feeney butts in, I was there. Communist witch hunts, mass paranoia, people diving under desks, the fear the bomb was going to drop. It wasn't quite the happy days. Foreshadowing, foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Wasn't quite the happy days, you would think. Corey assures him, maybe you didn't have a good time, but I bet I would. He plugs the microwave and gets fully electrocuted, sending him back and forth between present day and the 50s. In what's not like not so much special effects as much as like just quick. I felt like that could have been better. Better. Something they could have done. (laughs) Even for 96. Yes. Even for 96 on a sitcom, just 
him shaking and then him shaking the other scene <laughs> the other where he's side. not even yeah. standing the same way. It's like, I feel like there could have been some kind of, it doesn't yeah. have to be a special effect, but maybe some effect could have worked. Yeah. <laughs> it was strange. Uh, and then finally, we enter our first ever Boy Meets World time travel episode. Yes. And Corey is in Slims, which was 1950s How many of these did we do? We did chubbies. this one, we did the 1940s World, or is it World War II one? And then... Yes, we go to the future twice. There's one where Eric has the comb over and then the plays with squirrels one. Right. So that's, I think, the only times we go there. Well, I loved it. I I don't know how I'm going to feel about all of them, but man, I really thought this one was super fun. So then we're in Slim. I, I, yeah, to me, I I remember not liking it at the time. Mm -hmm. And I can tell that I'm not having any fun. And I think it's just, I don't know what's happening. I'm like, why are we doing this? (laughs) And I still kind of feel that way. I'm still looking at it going, writer, what, what, what are you doing here? I like, probably really loved sense. it because I did get to do something so Different. out of the norm. And, totally. and I was finally like a, a real part of the episode. Um, mm. So Corey is holding the plug to a jukebox now and the music abruptly stops. Topanga now fully in 1950s getup and apparently from New York or New Jersey. We're all from New York. Where everybody's New from all of a sudden. She yells at him. Hey, howdy, red jet, Judy. Red jet, although, oh, my God. They've been watching Grease over and over and over again. <laughs> she says, uh, hey, howdy doody, we're dancing here. Why'd you pull the plug? Corey tells her, sorry, and he plugs it back in. Topanga goes back, back to doing the twist. And Corey says, wait a minute, Topanga, is this the sock hop? Did you decide to come with me? I was having an absolute blast being able to do an accent and getting to wear this outfit. And I've, I've talked about this before. I will scream it from the rooftops, but those shoes I'm wearing were Lucille Ball's shoes. Yeah, it's so cool. And they I mean, it's were amazing. at least a half a size too small. And my little toes were just jammed in there. But I was like, give, give you a little bit of extra energy. I'm wearing it. Wait a second. So you're time. 14? 14 or 15, yeah. 14 or 15. And Lucille 15. Ball has already has feet that are like smaller than your like you have pretty small feet for a girl right well, actually I so don't for how tall I am feet. for being five one I actually I'm a six and a half which isn't like a big foot by any means but for people who are my height some people have like four and a half or a five my mom is a five and a half and I'm a six and a half so I so have she like had pretty, small feet she then. had small feet I think she was, was probably so a size six okay interesting This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen, Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies. Especially when they start really moving. With Huggies Little Movers, you get their best-fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit. That's right. So no matter what kind of mover you've got, they'll feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves, and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So, make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. It's 2024 and stress is already everywhere. Deadlines at work! Your kid's screaming at you. Non-stop traffic! The world is ending! That's a big jump there, Ryder. Sorry, kind of true. Yeah, well. When we want to get away from the struggles of everyday life and have some comforting me time, we break into some Keebler Sandy. Let's say it's finals week and Mr. Feeney has scheduled all of the tests into one day. How will Topanga find a comforting moment to herself? Go to the mall? Mm, Not with this hair. Play guitar with her father, Jedediah? Depends on which Jedediah. 
bite into some delicious Keebler Sandies? Exactly. Keebler Sandies are buttery shortbread cookies made with simple ingredients. And each Keebler Sandies cookie is baked to perfection by the adorable Keebler elves for a light sweetness and texture that melts in your mouth. God bless those little Keebler elves. When you need a comforting moment for yourself, Keebler Sandies is the perfect treat that will keep you going. So, the next time you feel like you're juggling it all, reach for a Keebler Sandies shortbread cookie to enjoy a simple moment of comfort. Tell the elves Pod Meets World sent ya. They're real. I've seen them. We talk a lot about moms on this podcast and how important they are to us. Absolutely. Without Jen Fischel, what pictures would we post on our social media? But above and beyond all the incredible mom things they did for us, laundry, dinners, let us travel to Los Angeles alone to chase our dreams of acting. Will, what, what else was your mom doing? Uh, my mom was also running all three courts in Connecticut while authoring books. Wow. Well, whether your mom was a legal trailblazer or just the greatest source of inspiration and care in the world, this Mother's Day, she deserves some flowers. You're right. And that's why I'm sending mine farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And while I'm teaching you things, how about 25% off your entire Books order so you can join us in treating our mothers to a beautiful arrangement? Love it. Here's why I like the Books Company. They are different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano. That's really cool. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Your mom is unique, so she deserves flowers just as special. And Books is simple. I went online, picked the delivery date, and I'm done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your Books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Go to books.com and use promo code WORLD for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com promo code WORLD. Books promo code WORLD. So Topanga yells for no reason, what are you, cracked? I don't date guys I don't know, and Corey's confused. The cashier yells back to everyone, hey, 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 you zoo full of weenies. Shake a leg. Time to get back to school. I'm assuming uh, you zoo full of weenies was common 50s vernacular. That's a 50s. That's a standard 50s. Are we here for breakfast dancing? What are we doing? (laughs) We're we're away from school, but we're going to go back to school now? It's brunch. It's brunch at Slims. Brunch Brunch at Slims. Everybody gets Slims. Everybody gets a a 40-minute break. So as the kids start to leave, Corey walks up to the cashier and asks, what year is this? The man responds, it's 1957. What's the matter, kid? You flip your wig? Corey's in disbelief. It happened. I'm here. Great Caesar's ghosts. I've gone back in time. And I had to look up Great Caesar's ghost because I was like, what is this that we are saying? And it is a reference to a 40s and 50s Superman radio show catchphrase for the character Perry White. That is quite a deep cut. Um, What about flip your wig? Is that a 50s saying? I think that's a 50s saying. And then um, to give Corey a saying from the 40s for uh, no reason. Yeah. No, I I guess. Well, because Corey in this fever dream is obsessed with the 50s just because he thinks he would have had a good time there. So... Then we're in the school hallway and we see an establishing shot of the same yes. school we've seen an establishing yes. shot they of. Shot with. They shot it, obviously, yeah, right? They shot yeah, okay. it. Dressed okay. kids up in the 50s yeah. and are, they shot it an exterior just for Great. Where is this school? It's r- in think- Los Feliz. It yeah, is? It's in Los Feliz. Okay. At least the school that we normally show is in Los Feliz, but I don't know where this front lawn is at that school. Um, this might be a different school than, than our, our normal one. 
And you don't uh, think this, this is stock footage like they have the 50s version? You think they went out and actually shot for the show? Maybe because the huh. school, the, 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 I pass the school all the time when I go into my to my um, in laws. It's like it's in Los Feliz, uh, and I actually had somebody point out to me once, like I, I was at a coffee shop, and they're like, "You know, you went to school right around here." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" Oh, that's so like, funny. Sh- you know, the exterior for your. Sh-. I was like, "That's so funny." Um, but yeah, I don't think it has this lawn in front, so this might be stock footage where they shot somewhere else for this. Wow, we'll have huh. to ask Kendall about whether or not it was shot for just for this, yeah. or if it was stock footage. So Corey exclaims, it really is the 50s. This is hunky-dory. He sees Sean in a new, totally different leather jacket mm-hmm. and says, hey, 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 all right, jacket. you're here too. 1950s Sean doesn't even shake Corey's hand. And now we notice he has a greaser's haircut. And oh, let and- me say, hotty, hot, hot, oh, hotter than hotty, McHot, hot. I remember greasing my hair back in the in the way, in the the hair room and being like, we should be doing this all the time. This looks this is yeah. a good look for me. Yeah. And with the and warm you had, little like, hair coming down. And high-waisted pants on. And the high-waisted pants Kent. looked good, too. They looked great. Black I should be shirt dressing like this. Your, so this yes. is what did it for you back in the day there, I'm Danielle. telling you. 50s writer. 1996. We already know. That's what my diary's from. This is the time. Peak writer strong crush. Peak, Peak strong. hottie McHotsons. So, yeah, Corey, he tells Corey, don't handle the merchandise unless you intend on paying the price. And Ryder, do you think you're doing any sort of like Danny McNulty impression? Totally. That's what oh, yeah. I kept thinking about. Yeah. Is basically, I'm just, I've become him. Right. You're just impersonating him. this entire him. episode. Um, right. Because he was the very much the 1950s, yeah. like New York. Greaser. Greaser. Yeah. Dad boy. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, it's it, the rhythm of every line, line is exactly Danny McNulty. It's every so day, our writers were like, how can we get some grease? How we need something. Some, how can we do it in this episode? New York 50s gangster. I should have just called him Baboon the whole episode. I know. You're it right. Was. That would have been it, good. I think, but that's also going to the to the fever dream. Sean Z kind of becomes Harley. Everything gets twisted together. I mean, sure. Yeah. I buy it all, Ryder. Corey laughs and tells Sean, come on, it's me. And Sean responds, first of all, I don't know who me is. And second of all, it ain't Sean. It's Seanzy as he pops the collar on his jacket. And that's our first real Happy Days reference of the script. Corey tries to tell him, we're best friends. Seanzy says, you see, I don't have any friends. I'm a loner. Corey disagrees. Deep down, you really need a good buddy who's always going to be there for you. It's what we always do. Seanzy reaches into his pocket. Okay, buddy boy, why don't you uh, hold this? And he hands Corey a ping pong racket. Corey questions, ping pong, huh? I love ping pong. Got a ball. Right on cue, Mr. Feeney, who looks about four months younger than regular modern day Bill Daniels, comes walking out with a dark mustache and he's coming out of the principal's office when a box full of ping pong balls falls on him. And Feeney yells out, Shanzi Hunterelli, I warned you that your next shenanigan would be your last. And Corey interjects, it wasn't him. It was me. And it's here that I noticed there is a poster in the hallways of a black and white little girl photo that says fight polio. <laughs> it's just All right. in the back on yeah. the wall, a black well, and white photograph. A, a blood, uh, a blood drive. Yeah, a blood drive, drive. But now it's the polio. Posters yep. are polio. gone now. Yep. So Feeney responds, ah, a new student trying to make a name for himself. And that name is, and Shanzi leans into Corey. If he doesn't know you, be smart, make one up. And I guess even though Mr. Feeney is four months younger, he is deaf because, because I he's don't a foot know away. He's a foot away when we it buy that he didn't hear Sean say that. <laughs> I love that. Um, and Corey stumbles. <laughs> My name is uh, Brad Pitzer. Feeney responds, well, Mr. Pitzer, if you want to keep your nose clean around here, I suggest that you steer clear of bad apples like this Johnny Rotten seed. 
tough and as Feeney leaves, in the 50s. Oh, yeah. As Feeney leaves, Shanzi says, Pitzer, you piped up for me when you didn't have to. If I was the type to say thank you, I would. And Corey says, you're welcome. But Shanzi cuts him off. But I'm not that type of guy. And he walks off. And then we're in the school hallway continued. Feeney is measuring Topanga's hair with a ruler, telling her, young lady, your hair is far too high. A clear violation of school policy and a hazard to all low-flying aircraft. <laughs> Topanga responds, if I see an aeroplane, I'll duck, all right? Oh, Feeney tells like, her, I, you still I, like the I? I, <laughs> and Feeney tells her to spit out that gum. She spits it into a nearby trash can and it clinks loudly Ding. with an over-the-top sound effect. And I remember thinking that was so fun that I got to one, spit gum one chew gum because i loved to chew gum so one i got to chew gum two i got to spit that gum from my mouth far into a trash can and then that we were gonna do the sound a little bit of a cheesy thing with the sound but i loved it and also the thing that i love is every time you spit it it goes Mm -hmm. it's one move you go ding and you turn around and put the other piece right back in your mouth exactly one move the whole 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 thing i know i love it too So Corey walks up to Topanga. There you are. She grabs his collar and throws him against a locker in a little nod to the Corey's Alternative Friends episode. doing it again. She points her finger in his chest and tells him, listen, Archie, the name's T.L. Corey clarifies, as in Topanga Lawrence? And she says, no, as in tough luck for suckers who don't know better. And then she walks away, smacking him on the face as Corey announces, I'm in love. Then the bell rings and Turner emerges from his classroom with his hair slicked back, glasses on, and a sweater vest underneath his suit jacket. It's a good look for Tony. So good. Who who is he doing an impression? I don't know. What is this this character? Making me laugh the entire week. Clark Kent? Yeah. Yeah, It seems like a little bit of a Clark Kent. Yeah. He looked a little Clark Kent, and Clark Kent had that little bit of like a, I'm really kind of a buttoned up little bit of a nerdy guy. Yeah. Right. So that's what it is. It's funny that the, the, like, I like that, you know, Eric is clearly established as like the opposite of who he really yeah. is. So is the idea that like Turner has become a nerd or yeah, in the 1950s he's a little more Turner, Archie's he's a total, comics. He's right. a little more Archie's comics yeah. as opposed to like laid back motorcycle guy. Right. He's more, uh, you know. You can tell Tony is having so much fun. So and much he fun. just keeps <laughs> he trying to make me laugh. This was yes. a week where he just keep kept trying to make me laugh because one of the lines he says, can we up here? We said. I, I wonder if it's the same. The Hold time. on. I wonder if it's the same I won't one. Say it, yeah. I, I, I think I pulled it. I pulled an okay. audio clip because okay. it's one of my favorite things. I watched it like five times. <laughs> so Turner is yelling at students. All right, guys, I heard a bell. That means everyone into class now. None of the students budge. So he pleads. Oh, come on. It's my first day. You're going to make me look bad. Uh, it's also kind of how Tony looks now. Like, a, like it yeah. looks like modern mm-hmm. day Tony. Somehow. It does. Mm-hmm. So then we're in Turner's classroom. All the students are yelling and throwing paper at one another. None of them are paying attention to Turner. And he's yelling, settle, settle. What does it take to calm you kids down? Shanzi snaps his fingers and the class goes silent, taking their seats. Shanzi says, go on, teach. Make your mama proud. Turner starts his lesson. Today, our topic for discussion, what will life be like in 40 years? Who wants to go first? Young lady, your hair is up, which I thought was a very funny line. TL scoffs at him. So Turner asks Shanzi the same question. And Shanzi tells him, I don't know. I don't know what I'm having for lunch. Corey eagerly raises his hand and responds, 40 years from now, I can say with total confidence, a man will walk on the moon. Pizza will have cheese baked into the crust. And men and women will be equal partners in the workplace and in their relationships. In 1996, are we going with the idea that women were... Equal partners in the workplace and in relationships because I know a few very intelligent women who would like to have a word. Yeah, Yeah. I'm sure. 
So then everyone looks at Corey like he's crazy and Turner laughs. What an imagination. Tell us more about that pizza. Corey shakes his head. That's all I got. Turner responds, good enough, because right now it's time to put on our helmets and practice our civil defense drills. And then I noticed Dusty is yes. in the audience. Oh, right? Dusty's in there? Yes. Du- yes, Dusty is. is there. He and is. I love 1950s Dusty, maybe even more than I love 1990s Dusty. And that's it's saying so something. It was so great to see him sitting there. It was amazing. Yep. So Turner puts his helmet on and explains, explains the atomic bomb falls. We see a brilliant flash. Now, what do we do? The class says in unison, we duck and cover. And everyone jumps under their seats. Well, everyone except Corey. Turner looks at him and says, a line I am completely obsessed with. Thank you. This is, we said this forever. You're dead, Brad. Let's play it. You're dead, Brad. <laughs> You're, dead, You're dead, Brad. Brad. You're dead, Brad. You're dead, Brad. <laughs> Wait, one more time. He's dead. You're dead, Brad. You're dead, Brad. You're dead, Brad. And he would do that to me all the time. You're dead, Brad. Oh, it's And it was at one time he said Pitzer. So the first take he went, you're dead, Pitzer. And it was like, it was so (laughs) Jim Carrey. That's very much a Jim Carrey delivery. And so we'd be on the golf course and somebody would hit it. We'd hit a shot somewhere and he'd just look at me and go, you're dead, Pitzer. Your dead Brad cracks me up. Your dead Brad. It's funny because I'm listening, like I'm listening to the clip, and there is something so necessary about seeing his face because there is just a way, a thing he's doing slightly with his mouth too that is just hilarious. You're dead Brad. You're you're dead Brad. You're dead. So Corey is amused. Mr. Turner, you're telling me that if the atomic bomb falls, I'll be safe if I go like this, flailing his arms above his head. And Turner explains, no, no, you've got to drop to the ground, duck under a desk, curl up, cover your neck. And Corey finishes and kiss your butt goodbye. And then Turner pops up and sternly asks, who said that? Who said Utbay? Shanzi lies and says, I did, Mr. Turner. I said, but. but. I mean, he was talking to Corey. And right. Corey says the yeah. word but in response. To, I mean, right. so why does he not know? Well, who, because he did have his head under the desk. So the just entire- for this, for just Sean for to this cover, moment. It's a yeah. really forced story beat. They, I think they could have used a little bit of a rewrite there on that, <laughs> that couplet. Make, make yeah. a, maybe make a little bit of like human sense. Jensen said the same thing when we were it's watching ridiculous. it. Jensen was like, but he was talking to Corey. Like, yeah. He, he should have known talk, it was it's Corey. The, yeah. But I don't know. Uh, guys, I disagree. I was like, well, his head was down. He could very, he's not, he very easily could say, I didn't see who said it. I just heard a voice and who, fever dream. who's going to say it? Yeah. Well, anyway, so uh, this is a little bit of a role reversal from the open. Turner tells Shanzi, that's it. This time you've gone too far, Hunter Ellie. Corey laughs for saying, but Shanzi assures Corey, this one's on me. Corey asks, how come? And he says, it's what we've always done. Turner grabs Shanzi by the ear and he drags him out of class. Oh, and then, the ear thing. Oh, the ear thing. I like that. I was like, it's oh, cute. the ear thing. Oh, the ear thing. Oh, the ear thing. Yeah, this happens all the time. And then we're in the school hallway. We see a picture of the current president, Dwight D. Eisenhower, in the school hallway as Corey is making a call. He's asking for Dean Witter. He calls up a stock brokerage, Dean Witter Reynolds, and the Dean Witter picks up. He commands, yes, I'd like to buy some Xerox stock. Never heard of it, huh? What about IBM? Selling it a nickel a share? I'll take them all. Take them all. Right right then, Eric appears with Mr. Feeney wearing a Letterman sweater and looking kind of Mormon. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> he announces in a new preppy gray poupon eating Westport, Connecticut accent. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. I've been accepted to both Harvard and Yale. You're my mentor. What's your advice? And Feeney tells him, you'd be a fine student at either institution. And Eric laughs, undoubtedly I would, but they've asked me to teach. (laughs) 
Feeney says, as you know, you Mr. Matthews. You know, don't you, you just want like <laughs> Yes, exactly. Way, a smoking my, jacket. Actually, giving Feeney a pipe impression. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So great. Your um, hair all combed. And my hair was combed. Part. I think, isn't that yeah. called a DA? I don't know. I think I've it's called a DA, that. which is a duck. Oh. Which is if you look at the back, it's it's like all shaped into like a triangle oh. in the back, like a duck's tush. Booty. No, the booty duck. At bay. I think at you bay. mean at, at bay. bay. A du- who said that? At bay. Who said that? Ux. Nope, yeah. not us. Who said not that? us. You're looking right at us, but... Feeney says, as you know, Mr. Matthews, there are no females at Harvard. Eric uncharacteristically explains, well, I wouldn't want anything to distract me from my intellectual pursuits. Harvard it is. Feeney turns around to see a dumbfounded Corey. Ah, young Pitzer, enjoying your first day? Corey responds, yes, thank you, but about Shanzi. And just then he's cut off by TL yelling, why, Mr. Feeney, why are you sending Shanzi off to a reform school? He'll rot in there, I tell you. Rot, rot. Corey agrees, asking, can't you give him another chance? And Feeney says, no, Mr. Hunterelli has run out of chances. As for you, Missy, I suggest you mend your wayward, wayward ways and spit out that gum. And I spit into the trash can and it makes Ding. another cartoonish clanking sound. And it feels like too much when I watch it now, but I loved it at the time. <laughs> Corey sighs, man, things aren't as perfect around here as I thought they'd be. TL responds, I say we blow this dump and head to Slim's and grab a burger. Corey smiles, I got a better idea. How about we go to the zoo and see the giraffes? Oh. Mm. Oh. It's getting to her. Now, we haven't established this giraffe thing before. Nope. No. And in fact, your favorite ice cream is Chunky Monkey with Jimmy's. Chunky Monkey didn't exist because that's a Ben and Jerry's flavor. So mm. they found like a. So, but Corey knows that. Well, yeah. Right. Corey knows that they hadn't been room. invented yet. All right. So, so he a, found his, uh, found her other kind. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, TL wonders, and why would I want to do a thing like that, huh? Corey continues, and after the zoo, we'll get some Rocky Road ice cream. She yells at him, who do you think you are, thinking I like them giraffes and Rocky Road ice cream out of nowhere like this, huh? Corey explains, Topanga, I know you better than anybody. And she responds, without an accent, I told you, quit calling me Topanga. Corey keeps smiling at her like Norman Bates. She adds, and stop looking at me like that. So disrespecting her requests and making her uncomfortable. That's the game. Hot. That's what she, by the end, that's that's Corey's game. It's going to work. Just stare at her creepily. It works. And insist you, of course. DTF. I mean, she just couldn't get enough. We'll get into that a little later because it gets a little crazy at some point. At one point where it's like, what? A little steamy action. Yeah. He doesn't stop basically looking through her nose. So she says, you're giving me the heebie-jeebies. And then we're in the school hallway continuing. Feeney then runs in frantically and announces, I have dire news. The Russians have launched a satellite. All the students gasp. Feeney continues, our government thinks it's a spy satellite with an atomic warhead. Turner then runs into the hallway with his helmet on yelling, "Flash!" flash! And everyone gets down on the floor. And then Jensen yelled at this moment, this episode is unhinged. <laughs> it took this long to reach unhinged? Yes. At this point, he was like, what is well, happening? I guess this is when it really, it really goes over. Because when the Russian spy thing is when it cranks to the next level. It does. Up it until then, up. it's just like Happy Days references and high school like jokes on our show. Right. Yeah. And then all of a sudden yeah. it becomes a little crazier, but he was still yeah. in. Corey realizes Russian satellite, 1957. He knows this. He explains calmly, hey guys, relax. It's only Sputnik. Turner looks up frantically. Sputnik? Yeah, my parents told me about it. It's not a bomb and it's not for spying. The Russians are just doing some space travel experiments. And this arms race thing, trust me, where I'm from, no one even worries about it. And Feeney asks Corey, and where would that be, Mr. Pitzert? 
Moscow. Turner yells, grab that boy. Bradley Pitzer's a spy. Eric grabs Corey and Corey tries to tell him, Eric, please, I'm your brother. Eric retorts, comrade, you mean? It doesn't take a Harvard genius and future captain of industry like myself to realize you're a traitor to these United States. Thinking on his feet, Corey yells, flash! And everyone in the hallway goes down and ducks for cover. And Corey runs away while he has the chance. I, st- I love it. I love it all. <laughs> I want to, when we get into the Make next scene, I want to talk everything. about the family dynamic because I don't understand it. I well, it's a fever dream. Don't question either. That don't question. is no, where I. That's wait, wait. literally no, no, that. No, no, no. It's a fever scene. dream. Oh, but the chicken head makes sense. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. and Pat no, Brita totally fine. What, yeah. where, how how oh, who's you can draw the line at that? Yes, that's this my question. A, I don't understand the relations. Yes, who's supposed to be related? Yeah, right. But Eric and Corey are brothers in this one. Well, are they? But he, are no, Eric they? Does, Eric He's doesn't seem to know that. Right. Doesn't know that. But Morgan. Morgan does sister Morgan buys it that that's her. she's like my brother you're hey mom said she says so right like she, but then but Tom Bosley says he's not he he says we have a visitor right well he's, he's definitely dad. not his dad he takes the dime back you're not right. my dad he's give me the dime back and then Alan and Amy are his parents it's very yeah, are they I don't understand <laughs> Understand I don't. Me. I don't understand yeah. it. The rest of it makes perfect sense. That, agree. Oh, they did. <laughs> I agree with you, Will. Will, I completely agree with you. Thank I you. am right there with you. Thank I am. You. I buy everything I buy else. It all. And then I buy in it all. that scene, I was like, "Wait, <laughs> I did the same thing. Who is the dad? And then are they? I did the exact same thing. I did the chicken same head. Thing. I was totally. in. I was in. I was in. Oh so funny. So funny. I'm so yeah. glad. I'm your, so your guys' incredulity is mine from moment one. So, <laughs> right. So, okay. You, I love that you, this is where you draw the this line was questioning. It's it 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 more a question. Just in this question. What is happening? Oh my God. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen, Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies. Especially when they start really moving. With Huggies Little Movers, you get their best-fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit. That's right. So no matter what kind of mover you've got, they'll feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves, and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. It's 2024 and stress is already everywhere. Deadlines at work. Your kid's screaming at you. Non-stop traffic. The world is ending. That's a big jump there, Ryder. Sorry, kind of true. Yeah, well, when we want to get away from the struggles of everyday life and have some comforting me time, we break into some Keebler Sandies. Let's say it's finals week and Mr. Feeney has scheduled all of the tests into one day. How will Topanga find a comforting moment to herself? Go to the mall? Not with this hair. Play guitar with her father, Jedediah? Depends on which Jedediah. Bite into some delicious Keebler Sandies? Exactly. Keebler Sandies are buttery shortbread cookies made with simple ingredients. And each Keebler Sandies cookie is baked to perfection by the adorable Keebler elves for a light sweetness and texture that melts in your mouth. God bless those little Keebler elves. When you need a comforting moment for yourself, Keebler Sandies is the perfect treat that will keep you going. So, the next time you feel like you're juggling it all, reach for a Keebler Sandy shortbread cookie to enjoy a simple moment of comfort. Tell the elves Pod Meets World sent ya. They're real. I've seen them. We talk a lot about moms on this podcast and how important they are to us. Absolutely. Without Jen Fischel, what pictures would we post on our social media? But above and beyond all the incredible mom things they did for us, laundry, dinners, let us travel to Los Angeles alone to chase our dreams of acting... 
Will, what what else was your mom doing? Uh, my mom was also running all three courts in Connecticut while authoring books. Wow. Well, whether your mom was a legal trailblazer or just the greatest source of inspiration and care in the world, this Mother's Day, she deserves some flowers. You're right. And that's why I'm sending mine farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And while I'm teaching you things, how about 25% off your entire Books order so you can join us in treating our mothers to a beautiful arrangement? Love it. Here's why I like the Books company. They are different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano. That's really cool. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Your mom is unique, so she deserves flowers just as special. And Books is simple. I went online, picked the delivery date, and I'm done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your Books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Go to books.com and use promo code WORLD for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com promo code WORLD. Books promo code WORLD. So then we're back from the commercial. We're in the school hallway. Eric assures everyone, all right, that spy couldn't have gotten far. And as he confidently walks away, TL says, all clear. Shanzi hits the locker behind him and Corey is hiding inside. He lets Shanzi know he hit him right in the forehead. And Shanzi responds, perfect aim. Perfect aim. TL reminds them, we got to scram before that bunch comes back. Corey says, yeah, but they'll recognize me. And TL tells him, not in this clever disguise, they won't. And she pulls out those glasses that have a big nose, fuzzy eyebrows, and a mustache attached to them like Groucho Marx, and they all run away quickly into the Matthews backyard slash side yard. They land in the familiar set, and Shanzi asks why Corey wanted to come here. He explains, whenever things get crazy, it's the one place I can count on. TL excitedly asks, is this the secret headquarters for you and the rest of the Russian spies? And Corey clarifies, I'm not a Russian spy. Shanzi stops him. Hey. Whatever. Friends don't need to explain nothing. Corey smiles and asks, I thought you didn't have friends. And Shanzi smiles, I didn't. Now I do. So Sean's willing to sell out. Shanzi is selling out his nation for a friend. For your friendship, man. And it also is turning on Topanga every... It's like, she's like, why is this where you're with the other Russians? It's like, wow! Where, where, listen, friendship, it doesn't matter. We have no loyalty to these United States. We <laughs> only just, have loyalty to this guy we to just, this guy met. just yeah. met. It's just, he took the fall for me for the, the ping pong thing. Yeah, so, he took you the know, fall and I am DTL. TL. TL is DTL. So she doesn't care. She's like, wow. Wow. Wrapping your legs around him in his other Damn. I want to know if that was a, I, that doesn't seem like a direction. That seemed like a Danielle thing. I got to be honest with you. I don't know. I did do that uh, a lot. You, did you? <laughs> yeah, I did. I have move. a picture. I have a picture that with Ryder where I'm doing it in a, in a Polaroid. I don't know why that was like a thing I did. It was the 90s. <laughs> yeah, the kissing in this episode is, is probably the most intense elevated. kissing that Corey and Topanga have had. Yeah. Well, we don't know. You just normally can't see me behind my horse hair. Maybe oh, I've maybe been doing that the is. whole time, that's but I have this is. wig on and now you get you're to You're doing all the work. Ben is just like there. sitting there. Yeah. He's just taking your kiss and you're like, and I'm like, D-T-L. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh, I want a TL is DTF shirt. <laughs> TL is DTF. DTF. 
Corey does this weird looking at TL thing again and she snaps, I thought I told you not to look at me like that. And Corey tells her, sorry, I can't help it. I don't want to respect your boundaries. I'm just going (laughs) to stare at you creepily and it's going to work. It's going to win you over. But I'm getting the vibe you're a DTL. I'm getting the vibe that if I annoy you and don't listen to you enough. I'm just going to stare at you. Just going to stare at you. That's what every woman wants. Yeah. (laughs) So they hear a dog barking and Eric's voice saying, come on, you can find one Russian spy, your Harvard trained dogs. And Corey runs into the Matthews kitchen, which is the same, but now with 50s decor. Love this. Yeah, that's that's my favorite part. It's the redecoration, the production design of like this and Chubby's and the apartment. I love all of the like, but yeah, I wish the, the school hallway had a little bit more of it. I get it. But is it? I know, but is it <laughs> his? This is the only thing throwing me about the whole oh, episode. Oh, God, you is, guys. Is it his it's house? This, and, right. Does he live there? Right, is there a third Morgan kid? Or is sister? it just Morgan and Eric? Because she's like, Dad, she's talking like their Does brother Eric and sister. Live there? Is Eric there? Does he not know what's going on? <laughs> you, can't, you can't question it. It's just have fun. Jeez. <laughs> Come on. You guys just sticks in the mud. She's going to go with it. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So Corey opens the door, he lets himself in, yelling, Mom, Dad, he sees treats on the table. Homemade brownies. Okay, everything's gonna be all right. And this would all make more sense if it were the sixties and King and Lynn had made those brownies. Yeah. <laughs> yes. There you go. I know I was waiting for some kind of brownie reference. I was right. like, is this a reference to something from the fifties? Or right. is there some yeah, but no, he just no. needs brownies. <laughs> Just just a brownie. <laughs> Morgan walks down the stairs, scolding him. Uh-uh-uh, mom said no one can touch those brownies till after dinner. So she is his sister. Sister, right? And he's uh-huh. like, Morgan. Even though Eric like, doesn't yeah. recognize him. That's no. why, so Eric and is the- not part of the family, or is maybe Tom Bosley's kid, but is not Alan and Amy Russian kid? Right. I don't, don't know what's know. happening. This part's it's throwing confusing. me. This part's confusing. Exactly. Oh <laughs> Suddenly we need some logic. So he asks, where's mom and dad? And Morgan responds, mom's out. But dad is upstairs. And then a man walks down the stairs saying, hey, kids, it's Tom Bosley. Tom and Bosley. every kid in the 1990s went, it's like, who? who? <laughs> Why does this matter? And their parents smile and nod knowingly and feel superior. Yeah. Tom Bosley. Uh, he's the aforementioned dad from Happy Days. He says, hi, kitten. Hi, son. Right. Okay. So and he gives Corey and Morgan their allowance. Corey, puzzled, says, but I'm not your son. And then the boss jokes, well, then give me back my dime. There's a knock at the door and Corey hopes it's his dad. It's not. It's Anson Williams. Corey says, wait a minute. And who was Anson Williams? He was also on Potsy. Yeah, he was on Potsy. What is Potsy? Who's Potsy? So that's a person's name. Rich, Rich, yeah. 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 Rich. Richie had two friends, Potsy and Ralph Mouth. Who's Richie? Richie Cunningham, Richie Cunningham was the start was the Corey of who is but I thought Ron Richie Howard. Cunningham was who was afraid that Ron your dad Howard. was your dad was afraid that you were going to be Richie Cunningham no I meant- was going to be Chucky Cunningham uh, so the in the other first, brother the first couple gotcha. episodes they had a brother who then went upstairs with his basketball and you never saw him again that was Chucky gotcha. Cunningham yeah, yeah, yeah okay okay Ron Howard was Richie Cunningham. And so Potsy yeah. was his best friend Potsy and-, and Ralph Malf were his two best friends and then there was obviously there was um Fonzie. Fonzie. Yeah. Hmm. 
So this is the equivalent to Sean walking in. Right. Correct. To a different show. To a different show. Correct. Right. For no so Corey reason. says, wait yes. a minute, you're, and the man cuts him off. No, it's Anson Williams. Like I said, I was Anson Williams, not who you think I was. Let's just drop it. All right. Wait, and what? I, yeah. I'm a little. He's referencing himself. The joke is that he doesn't want to be called Potsy. It's not just about Potsy. him. I think it's actually a copyright issue because we I feel like we're not allowed to use their character names because. Well, he says later, cool it on the Otzi pay. Right. He says, cool it on the Otzi pay. And they call him Mr. B. Right. Instead of Mr. C. Right. From Happy Days. Because he's Tom Bosley. They're playing right. themselves. Right. They're playing themselves. So I didn't know if this was like an inside joke that Anson Williams didn't like to be recognized and called Potsy or if it was, was a copyright just thing. just gibberish to me. I'm right. literally going like <laughs> these people are, I mean, just like, are they going to sing? Did, are these the right. monkeys? Are they, what is happening? But like these jokes, do you think the general population watching this no. As they call him in prison, the gen pop. Do you think the gen pop is getting these references? Like, oh, that's because Anson Williams doesn't want to. There was go the guy at the Patsy. end of the Monkeys episode who showed up who was like a manager for a different band in a fictional. Right. Band? That was. Oh, yeah. That no, was that was the, for, for the Partridge family. Partridge family. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, but he was an actor who played a manager or he was an actual manager for the Partridge He was an actor who played the manager. But okay. he was the manager <laughs> but for here the real we have the actors band. referencing the. the, the this is so, yeah. there's what are so you many levels of absurdity. Yeah, everything. I'm I am not getting everything about this. this. I'm, I'm only- so miserable all week just sitting there going like, oh, I guess I like my hair. <laughs> Jesus. At least I look hot. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got that. In, in, in another alternate world, it would have been uh, TL. would have been DTF. DTF. Yeah, I know. I'm surprised that wasn't a thing. It might have been. We just didn't saw this. Yeah, they saw it before. Um so anyway, I, yeah, I was a little confused about whether it was a copyright thing or whether it was an inside joke about him not wanting to be recognized. I wasn't really sure. This part, this scene was a little confusing for gibberish. me. Yeah, me too. Just a little bit, though. I'm still in. It's gibberish. Corey's dad tells Anson, just calm down, young fella, and have a nice brownie. Tom Boz asks Corey, what's the matter with, with you, the brownies. I was like, I, what is, is this I a know. reference to something? Is it like a Happy Days thing? Well, no. I think it, there None is that it. general idea of in the 50s, moms had freshly made cookies and, you know, there were always freshly baked goods when you came home from school. So I think even like on a very surface level, it was just that. Like you yeah. would come home and there'd be the smell of brownies in the kitchen because your mom had baked those. Cool. So, cool. So- <laughs> You look like you lost something. And Corey admits, I have my entire life. Morgan announces, I can cheer you up and shows everyone her hula hooping. Anson tells Corey, you know, when I was down in the dumps, my parents used to say. <laughs> just watching Ryder this whole time is my favorite new <laughs> show. I, I mean, it's Lindsay can hula hoop. I was, that, I, that was the only, my favorite part of this scene is Lindsay hula hooping. Because I was like, oh, <laughs> Lindsay, Lindsay Ridgeway knew how to hula hoop. And that's, that's hard to do, people. Right. It's not easy. Right. So then he, uh, Anson says, come to think of it, I didn't have any parents, not even a house. I hung out at other people's houses. Not bad, really. And that's a big meta happy days yep. joke and also very similar to Sean's life. Yeah. Sean doesn't, you know, we, we have seen his trailer park, but. Uh-huh. And, and then, we met my parent, my dad. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> Morgan then shows her dad the local paper. There's something you've got to see. It's a picture of Corey with the headline, curly headed spy on the lamb. Corey assures them, it's not true. The dad says, of course it's not. Then he walks over to the phone and with the worst phone acting. But I think that's the, the point. He just picks it up. Doesn't, doesn't dial anything. Just no, I think that's the point. He just picks it up and he says, FBI, please. J. Yeah. Edgar Hoover. Tom. J. Edgar. 
<laughs> yes. I love that. I'm here with Anson Williams and our Russian spy, uh, Ixnay on the Otsipay, playing <laughs> once again to this legal constraint or this joke that he doesn't like to be called Potsy. I, I think don't it's know. The joke. I think it's the I, latter. I think Second we need pig to. Latin joke in, in, in the episode. I know. Yeah. Pig Latin was very big in the uh, 50s. We have to ask Kendall about this. So Morgan points at Corey. You're going to jail, spy. And who's the boss calms her down by saying, now, now, Morgan, he may be a Russian spy, but until they come and haul him off, he's still our guest. You liked who's, who's the, the boss? boss. <laughs> <laughs> and now in the only set left for this acid trip is jail. <laughs> jail. I wrote the same thing. Like, go to the apartment. Jail cell, apparently. Yep. yep. Nice. Corey is locked up and clanking a mug against cell bars saying he's innocent. Then a cop appears to tell Corey he's got visitors who claim to be your folks. And Amy and Alan walk yeah. in. By this point, by the way, the mushrooms have fully kicked in. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Just so you know. Fully kicked in. And Betsy tells this story is all the phenomenal. time. She loved, loved doing this episode. Like, she, she is phenomenal. Yep. Yeah, They're her very... favorite episodes are this one and then when she was Rosie the Riveter. Yeah. Those right. her two. Yeah. Yeah, she's they're very stuffy, very Mayberry-esque, saying hi to Corey. Corey is relieved. Mom, Dad, please tell them you know me. Amy smiles. Well, of course we do, don't we, Alan? Alan responds, I think we'd know our own son. Corey tells the cop, you see, finally, I got to tell you, this nightmare was getting way out of hand. The cop walks away, and Amy comes up real close to Corey, asking through the bars in a Russian accent, do you have the pippers? Now, now, now don't you think you'd, you'd speak Russian? If you speak Russian, or you, you just drop your American accent that you can do. You oh, can do an American writer, accent. You're so you're gonna, hard you're, on everything. Writer. Yeah. Oh, this yes, is, that's writer. where, writer asking logic oh, about God. language usage. You, you're uh, so pretentious. Should have just, languages. just spoken oh, Russian. <laughs> no, no you slip into a Russian accent when you, you don't do have to. You do a Russian accent, but you, you speak in the English. Yeah. <laughs> oh. You, you walk in, speak? Okay. So Corey questions papers. Alan goes on, also in an accent, but not also as good. Not as good. <laughs> it's not. It's not. For the American space program. And Corey asks, why are you guys talking like Boris and Natasha? And Amy sighs, good. He knows our secret code names. She reaches into her purse and grabs a muffin for Corey. He thanks her. He's sure it contains a secret transmitter. And during the night, they'll contact him and break him out. Amy clarifies, no, the muffin is to eat. You are too thin. You need to be strong for when they savagely torture you. And Alan yeah, so adds, I was waiting for brownies to pay off, muffins. Right, something. Mom's baked good. goods. 50 baked, baked goods. goods. That's what they yeah. do. Right. Alan adds, and if they don't, our people will. Uh, yeah, this was Rust, uh, Betsy's accent is impeccable. And it is. She, yeah. Rusty needed another Rusty take. Rusty could, could use another take. And this is coming from someone who drops her accent halfway through the show and picks it up only whenever she wants. So, Love it. Love it. And then a siren goes off and the cop yells, oh, no, it's the big one. They all run into the cell shouting duck and cover, allowing Corey to sneak out just as TL and Shanzi arrive. They set off the alarm. Shanzi says, let's get off this rock. And Corey asks, what about the FBI? They'll recognize me. And then Topanga reveals a mascot chicken head. And she places it on Corey, telling him, not in this clever chicken disguise, they won't. And again, Just- we're betraying our country for oh, yeah. her new kid. All right. Me it's a story about friendship <laughs> and wanting to get laid in the 50s, apparently, <laughs> Topanga. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I mean, honestly, when the chicken head came out, I cackled. I was like, yeah, great. <laughs> I love it. I love that there's a chicken head and you're going to just tell him to put it on. Yeah. So then we're in Shanzi's apartment. <laughs> they all run inside. Corey's still in a chicken mask and clucking. Shanzi says Corey will be safe in his makeout pad. It's been abandoned for years. It's Turner's apartment, but there's no sign of Turner or his stuff. TL questions, what kind of a girl would come to make out here? Shanzi presses a button and the lights go on. Music starts from a jukebox and a couch is revealed. And so is a cheerleader. <laughs> she just hangs out here waiting for Shanzi. Under a blanket. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, is she being kept prisoner? Well, well Shanzi she could at any time. It's Shanzi's. rent controlled. He sits on the couch with his captive teenager and oh, I mean God. make out partner. TL asks Corey, so how'd you get into the spy racket? And Corey says, I'm not a Russian spy, okay? My name is Corey Matthews. I'm from the future, and I can prove it. My mom sews my name into my underwear. Topanga takes a look and reads, Eric Matthews? Corey no, says, Topanga doesn't just take a look. Topanga says, I'll look at that. I'll look at it. You're right. Like she's instantly trying to get in this guy's You're pants. Right. His 50s I'll, I'll, pants. I'll get Literally your trying to get into the pants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Eric Matthews? Corey says, this day just keeps getting worse and worse. TL says, look, whoever you are, wherever you're from, it doesn't really matter. What matters is that you're here. She leans in and she kisses him. A big kiss. And he asks, what was that for? She says, I like going to the zoo and looking at the giraffes. And sometimes at night when my friends are all on dates, but I'm not because I haven't found that right boy yet. I drown my sorrows in a bowl of Rocky Road ice cream. I have zero accent in this scene. Yes, because now you're 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 real. This is the I real so. Topanga. That's what it is. The real DTF one. Yes. And she asks him, do me a favor, would you? Will you look at me that way I don't like? And he says, I thought you said it scared you. And she smiles, it does. Then she pulls him in for another passionate kiss. Feeney's voice then comes on the stereo and he announces the manhunt for teenage fugitive Brad Pitzer continues. The Coast Guard's on alert. Corey tells them, I don't understand it here. Where I'm from, we're not so worried about bombs and satellites and Russian spies. There are problems, sure, but mostly people get along. The police spotlights start flashing outside and Corey tells them, now all I want to do is go back. Isn't there some way out of here? Shanzi looks at TL. Wise man? She agrees. Wise man. This is where the story really. Um, this takes is where off. it really kicks in. Yeah. This yep. is when this everything is... starts to make sense. Everything makes sense <laughs> here. In the show, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, gels. All the lessons <laughs> the come together. Happens. Yes, it's really yes, yes. Let's bring it. Let's bring it full circle. So <laughs> back at Slim's, the trio run in, and Shanzi points Corey in the direction of the wise man. Mister Williams is there, dressed in a beret, dark sunglasses, and he has bongos. Now is he supposed he- to be blind? Oh, I don't think so. No, no, because Alex he is. went on to play a play blind, a blind character. character. Yeah, but I don't and think he is. For a moment, I thought maybe this was like a precursor to that where he was doing mm. this because he's got. I his- think he's just Hep. Yeah, he's right. just just a cool and he does guy. Make a Hep cat reference. And he's a he revolutionary a era poet, so I think he's yeah. just doing that kind of stuff. Corey asks, "Excuse me, Mister Wiseman." William says, "I'm playing a song, man," and he bangs on the bongos twice, then announces, "All right, now I'm finished." The crowd snaps for him and Corey asks, wait a minute, you're the wise man? And he says, no, I am clearly the Hepcat, which is a fun little reference. He continues, that there is the wise man. And then Pat Morita turns around. Yes. He is the wise man channeling his karate kid role of Mr. Miyagi. Shanzi explains, yo, Mr. Wiseman, our friend here is in a lot of trouble and we figured you're the only one. But then he cuts Shanzi off to say, a wise man sees a young boy in trouble and now he wants to go back. Ah, the young boy's name, Matthews. 
Corey is amazed. Corey says, the last thing I remember, I was plugging in the microwave and I must have gotten a shock or something. Wise man interrupts him and says, best way out is the way you came in. TL and Shanzi ask, huh? And this is where I'm breaking. I'm like hiding behind yep. Ryder's shoulder. And <laughs> I, I was saw like, that. Huh? Yeah. And then I try to hide my mouth. You're DTL. <laughs> You're down to laugh. Down to laugh right now. Nice. Yeah. Uh, GTL. Wise man continues, get another microwave oven and give yourself another shock. He then takes his wise man outfit off to reveal a cooking uniform. Now referencing his happy days role. And he tells Corey, listen, I ain't got time for all this. I got customers. Corey questions. Uh, He works here. And the Hepcat tells him wise man got to make a living. Did you Ryder? I know you're a big fan of Weezer. Um, don't you remember the buddy Holly? Video for Weezer. Video. Oh, I, okay. I remember hearing about it. But it was, yeah, so yeah. it takes place at the fifties diner with everybody from Happy Days, mm-hmm. essentially, and it's Pat right. Morita who like leads them. Spike in Jones it. directed it. Yeah, good video. Great video. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen, Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies, especially when they start really moving. With Huggies Little Movers, you get their best-fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit. That's right. So no matter what kind of mover you've got, they'll feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. It's 2024 and stress is already everywhere. Deadlines at work. Your kid's screaming at you. Non-stop traffic. The world is ending. That's a big jump there, Ryder. Sorry, kind of true. Yeah, well, when we want to get away from the struggles of everyday life and have some comforting me time, we break into some Keebler Sandies. Let's say it's finals week and Mr. Feeney has scheduled all of the tests into one day. How will Topanga find a comforting moment to herself? Go to the mall? Mm, Not with this hair. Play guitar with her father, Jedediah? Depends on which Jedediah. Bite into some delicious Keebler Sandies? Exactly. Keebler Sandies are buttery shortbread cookies made with simple ingredients. And each Keebler Sandies cookie is baked to perfection by the adorable Keebler elves for a light sweetness and texture that melts in your mouth. God bless those little Keebler elves. When you need a comforting moment for yourself, Keebler Sandies is the perfect treat that will keep you going. So, the next time you feel like you're juggling it all, reach for a Keebler Sandies shortbread cookie to enjoy a simple moment of comfort. Tell the elves Pod Meets World sent ya. They're real. I've seen them. We talk a lot about moms on this podcast and how important they are to us. Absolutely. Without Jen Fischel, what pictures would we post on our social media? But above and beyond all the incredible mom things they did for us, laundry, dinners, let us travel to Los Angeles alone to chase our dreams of acting. Will, what what else was your mom doing? Uh, My mom was also running all three courts in Connecticut while authoring books. Wow. Well, whether your mom was a legal trailblazer or just the greatest source of inspiration and care in the world, this Mother's Day, she deserves some flowers. You are right. And that's why I'm sending mine farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And while I'm teaching you things, how about 25% off your entire Books order so you can join us in treating our mothers to a beautiful arrangement? Love it. Here's why I like the Books Company. They are different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano. That's really cool. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Your mom is unique, so she deserves flowers just as special. 
And Books is simple. I went online, picked the delivery date, and I'm done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your Books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Go to books.com and use promo code WORLD for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com promo code WORLD. Books promo code WORLD. Corey asks himself, another shock? Why didn't I think of that? Wise man interjects, you did. This is your fantasy. See, it's a fantasy. Fever dream. We get the answer. Uh, I'll make sense. I'll make sense if you follow it through. Mm-hmm. Shanzi tells Corey, I know you got to go back, but uh, I sure hate to lose a friend like you. And Corey tells him, you won't. I mean, I think we could be friends just about any time. And TL follows up. So I guess this really is goodbye, huh? He nods. Yeah, I think so. She tries to convince him. If you stayed, I could really make it worth your while. I mean, d- oh my yeah. God. So in the 50s, Topanga was willing D- to D- go. Elf. Yes. <laughs> and it's only in the present. Only, yep. Oh. Only in the present. Corey Corey. laughs and then pleads, could you hold that thought for about 40 years? He admits, ah, you'll never find out about this anyway. And then he leans in and kiss her, kisses her. Why does he say that? I don't know, because they've already been making out most of the time. They've like already he, been kissing. Like he's cheating on you with you. You're never going to find out about this. Anyway. Oh, I didn't think about that aspect. Yeah. That it's like, yeah. he cheated on me, even though we weren't broken up, and it's me. Right, right, right. right, right. I still, okay, all yeah. right, all right. You're never going to find out about this anyway. Okay. So then we hear dogs barking. We see police lights outside. Corey tells them, okay, I got to get out of here. Wait a minute. It's 1957. There is no microwave. Wise man looks at him and says, oopsie. Corey walks up to him and asks, what kind of wise man says oopsie? Wise man questions, what do you want me to say? Wax on, wax off? Get it? Get it? He was reference, reference, reference. He was in Karate Kid, Ryder. Reference, in, reference, that's reference. where it comes from. He was in Karate so Kid. Genius. I will admit, I will admit, Ryder. To the, this I mean, was it's one so inherently funny. You just, you just laugh it's, no matter no, what. No, Ryder, you are right. You have a point here. It's one reference too far. No, not for me. <laughs> you <laughs> still like it? Okay. I'm in. I think it's just, just one too far. Just if they just toned that one thing back. Twenty-five too far. <laughs> like, just have a self-contained time travel story. I mean, I think our characters being 1950s versions, that's funny. That's funny. That's cool. But it's, you know, like, yeah. Corey starts his mad dash, but Eric and Feeney stop him at the stairs. Eric blows his whistle and shouts, there he is. Feeney tells him another A plus, Mr. Matthews. Everyone in Slims, including a Mr. uh, Including a returning Mr. Turner and Alan and Amy. Hopefully Dusty's there too, and I just didn't be. see him. He must be. He start, they start to point and shout, spy, spy. Game spy, of Thrones shame, spy, shame, yeah. shame, shame, shame. Corey yells, I'm Corey, I'm Corey. He's backed into a wall and hits his head, and we start to hear Amy's voice. Yes, we well. time travel with the head, head damage, yeah. brain damage, not, mm-hmm. not electric shock. But yep. Okay. It's not really time travel. It's just, it's his, he's, he's Dream. in a coma. Is what dream. it is. It's a dream. Yeah. And then we're in the Matthews living room. Corey is laying on the couch unconscious, a little Wizard of Oz reminiscent. Amy's patting his head and Corey says, I'm not Brad Pitt. I'm not Brad Pitt. Morgan responds, well, duh. It's Corey a great read, up. actually. Her well, yep. duh. Was, well, duh. It was great. Corey sits up and Alan tells him to take it easy. You had quite a jolt there. Sean's laugh. Yeah, you were. Sean laughs. Yeah, you were out cold. Corey looks at him and asks, Seansy? Sean responds, yesy? <laughs> yesy? Corey asks, you're always there for me, aren't you? And Sean says, hey. And he gives him a thumb up with a calm Fonzie impression. Mm. 
<laughs> Come on, do it. Do it, Ryder. No. Come on, Ryder. No. Corey scans the room. She's here. I know she's here. Topanga, without bangs again, walks in and tells him she got some more ice. Some more ice. She asks, are you okay? Corey's looking at her and smiling like a creep again. And she asks, why are you looking at me like that? And Corey says, I will always look at you like this. And she says, well, stop, because you're giving me the heebie-jeebies. He smiles and says, good, which would also be a good ending to a horror movie. Yeah, pretty much. Good. I'm going to keep looking at you how I want to look at you. And it'll Did, be were you we here like when he shocked himself? We weren't, right? No. He didn't shock himself. He, he shocked himself with the microwave. microwave. Right, the first time. Yeah, we heard. But you guys weren't we, there. Showed up right, at right. his house. While no, they called us. They called us. Your best friend. Your best friend is your life. Is, Come over here. Is and, asleep and on the couch. Get yep. some ice. Exactly. We're in the Matthews kitchen. Corey is on the computer, a Model T laptop. And Eric, uh, and he tells Eric he's almost done with his term paper on the space program. Eric warns him, you'll be all done if you don't plug that in. The batteries are low, man. Gosh, do you guys remember those days? Yeah. Where if your computer died, you just lost, lost everything. everything. That's it. Oh. Just forever. No gone. cloud. I, used to have, I, mean, no I would have papers and my computer would just lock up on me. Oh, yeah. Ugh. So you the always have to death. save. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. You have to crank terrible. the side again. Hello, my baby. Yeah. Hello, my honey. Hello, my <laughs> Corey tells Eric, thank you. He saved his life. Corey grabs the cord to plug the computer in. And once he puts it in the outlet, he gets electrocuted again. He freaks out and looks around saying, not again. Where am I? Amy and Alan rush in, asking Corey if he's okay. Corey tells him, yeah, still here. Maybe they should get this fixed. Maybe. Yeah, maybe you think not. there's maybe some, something wrong with electrician. the electrical current at the Matthews house, and people are constantly getting hurt. <laughs> Alan says, good. Well, let's keep it that way. Corey says out loud, they know me. No foreign accents. Everything's going to be A-OK. And then he hears Feeney saying, Mr. Matthews. He turns around, and Feeney is wearing a spacesuit. Feeney grabs Corey now, and talks into moment, his watch. I thought this was a reference to the show that Bill did. Do you remember? Oh, Captain oh. Nice or whatever Captain it was? Captain Nice. Yeah, oh, I thought okay. maybe because he wore an outfit. Maybe very something like that, yeah. Yeah. So Feeney grabs Corey and he talks into his watch. Captain Feeney here. I have located the Earth alien and I will be escorting him back to the mothership. Corey is confused. Mr. Feeney, Earth alien, I'm... Feeney cuts him off, telling his crew to beam them up. Corey shrugs. Sure, go ahead. A beam of light shines down on them and they disappear in thin air like they're from like they're season one Minkus. And that is the greatest episode of television ever made. By the Emmys again. Unbelievable. Emmys world gets no Emmy love. I don't understand. I bought the whole thing except the except that I didn't understand the family dynamic a little bit. But I bought it all. Otherwise I was hook, line, and sinker. Yeah, me too. I still don't understand uh, why Danielle's character was down to fish the entire time. <laughs> it's That's Danielle what... Topanga official. <laughs> That's what it stands for. Danielle Topanga official. Thank you all for joining us for this episode of Pod Meets World. As always, you can follow us on Instagram, Pod Meets World Show. You can send us your emails, podmeetsworldshow at gmail.com. And we have merch. Do you have the merchandise? <laughs> Please join us for our next episode recap, which will be season three, episode 19, I Never Sang for My Legal Guardian, which originally aired May 3rd, 1996. Is that the actual name of the episode? I Never Sang, I never for, sang my for My Legal my le- Guardian. Never, I don't think I've ever I heard remember. that. I've never heard ever. that name before. Ever. I know. I don't know it either. I have no idea what it's about. Not even a clue. Cool. Weird. Well, send us out. We love you all. Pod dismissed. You're dead, Brad. Pod Meets World is an iHeart podcast produced and hosted by Danielle Fischel, Will Friedle, and Ryder Strong. 
Executive producers Jensen Karp and Amy Sugarman. Executive in charge of production Danielle Romo. Producer and editor Tara Sudbach. Producer Maddie Moore. Engineer and Boy Meets World superfan Easton Allen. Our theme song is by Kyle Morton of Typhoon, and you can follow us on Instagram at PodMeetsWorldShow or email us at PodMeetsWorldShow at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen, Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies. Especially when they start really moving. With Huggies Little Movers, you get their best-fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit. That's right. So no matter what kind of mover you've got, they'll feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. When I'm on my way to drop off the kids at school and I'm on about five hours of sleep and I haven't had my coffee yet, I'm truly one of a kind. Yeah, this sounds like the beginning of a horror movie. It is. But there is one thing I can do immediately to bring some comfort and calm to the situation and keep me moving forward. Eat Keebler Sandies. I like to think that if the good-looking guy was still around, sitting on the couch, comforting himself about not getting into college, he'd ditch the Cocoa Puffs and down some Keebler Sandies instead. Mixed with chocolate syrup? Ooh, why not? When you need a comforting moment for yourself, Keebler Sandies is the perfect treat to keep you going. Each Keebler Sandy's shortbread cookie is baked to perfection by the Keebler Elves for a light sweetness and a texture that melts in your mouth. The next time you feel like you're juggling it all, reach for Keebler Sandy's shortbread cookies to enjoy a simple moment of comfort. When it comes to Pod Meets World, we're synonymous with two things. Watching our younger selves on a TV show from 30 years ago and loving Hyundai. The first ever fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. With up to 303-mile range, available two-way charging, and other category-defining features, the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5 is one of the most teched-out electric vehicles ever. And as you know, we are tech heads. The standard ultra-fast charging capability gives you an 80% charge in just 18 minutes when using a 250-plus kilowatt DC fast charger. And with the available two-way charging, you can charge larger electronic equipment inside and outside the car, backyard or side yard. Hyundai, it's your journey. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 2024 Ionic 5 rear-wheel drive has an EPA-estimated driving range of up to 303 miles. Actual range will vary with options, driving conditions and habits, vehicle and batteries condition, and other factors. Available in limited quantities and select states only.